It is uh, essential, I believe, that I've learned that as you walk with the Lord, to be able to discern the, the eyesight by which you are viewing something. And in, in academic circles, we call that worldview or the way you view the world. And it's important to recognize that every person in this room, you view the world a certain way and you view God a certain way and how you view God and the world and your relationships within the world and what you're doing in the world defines how you live in the world. And no one in this room lives an arbitrary life, whether you realize it or not. And this is also really important because even among believers sometimes, we somehow uh, have this little thought and we have to get rid of these little thoughts where somehow the life that we're living is just happenstance. You are here and you're in this room by intentionality. Those who thought about coming this morning are not here. You made a choice, you followed through on that choice, and then you walked into this building. Those who tried to come here are not here. Those who are trying to be married don't have good marriages. You either are something or you're not. <laughs> Quiet with that one. And so I want to present, go back and present a few things, and then I, I feel like the Lord would have us also emphasize other things. But one of the things that we said on Friday night was this, that when time began, God gave to humanity a uh, kingdom, not a religion, called Christianity. And this is important. These are not small concepts. And God gave to humanity a kingdom. And how many are born again this morning? If you are born again, God not only gave you a new nature. That's why sometimes it's difficult to wrap your mind around uh, concepts or ideas or ways that God wants you to live because one of the ways God called you to be, to learn life, to view life is through the family that he's given you. And families can be helpful or unhelpful. And even if you were mostly unhelpful, there's still probably some good that you can get from it. But our understanding of the world was defined by, the, by our mother, our father, the experiences we've had. So sometimes it's difficult to embrace what God has for you. But here's the good news. That does not define you because now you are in a new family. New DNA has come on the inside of you. So God not only gave you a, a, a new nature, your old life was so bad, he gave you a new one. That's good news. <laughs> There's nothing good in that old life. Praise the Lord for that, you know. He gave, and then he forgot all the stuff you ever did. That's a good deal. God's been lied about a whole lot. Like, uh, how, many, how many want to exchange like that? All the bad stuff you did, I don't ever remember it. That's a good gospel. That's why it's good news. He did away with it, but not only did he give you a new nature, he gave you a new way of living, and he created you to live in this kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? Simple definition. It's the rule and the reign of God. He called you to live in this world that though you are in this world, you are not of this world, and the privilege of life is this, that he created the world to function according to this kingdom, and so when you learn about the kingdom of God, you get to define the world like God. So God gave us a kingdom, and within that kingdom, everyone is called to be like Jesus. And the goal of God for your life is not to get you to heaven. 
the goal of God for life is not to get you to heaven. If that's maybe a goal, that's, that's sometimes a, 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 that's a good goal. It's just not the best goal. So let's, let's, let's kind of pick that apart a little bit. Why do you want to go to heaven? Well, you know, there's no sickness, no disease. Everyone's got a mansion. There's some people that are going to have to go to Bible college when they get to heaven. Because they're mad that God prospers people here. I mean, they create nasty videos about it. Those people are trying to get more money. Yes, yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm trying to get more money so I can be more productive in the things of God. Like, don't lie about it. Yes, I'm, I'm believing God for more money. Absolutely. If you have a vision for your life, you should be believing for millions of dollars. No poverty, no sickness, no disease, absolute peace, no depression. Yeah, those are, those are all good reasons to want to go to heaven. The good news is, though, you get to experience a dimension of that here and now. This is how Jesus defined eternity. This is eternal life. So we said also on Friday night that eternity has broken in here and now. You're like, well, that's not quite my experience. Well, the good news is that you are invited to experience that here and now. You're, 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 you're invited to live. You know, the goal of God is not to give you a miracle in your body. That's another good point. That's a good point. The goal of God is not to give you a miracle in your body. The goal of God is for you to live in divine health. So you get to experience that. You get invited into that. You get invited into that goodness here and now inside of Jesus. And as you live the life he's called you to live, you get to invite people into that. You get to invite, that's why I said, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I believe part of the reason these concepts are important is because there is a calling and there's an assignment, not only on this community, but many other communities to be able to uh, reach people exactly where they're at and to actually make transformation in the world that they live in and believe God for a transformation in their cities. And it's important because often, as believers, if we don't think like God, we're trying to relate to the world and things they're not interested in. Like, have you been, you know, like, like it, it's awesome, like, to talk to them about, like, do you want to go to heaven one day? But they're, like, really focused on something else. They're focused on their kids. They're focused on paying their bills. They're focused on this and that. But if you focused on things that are common to all people and relevant to them and able to minister to them and able to function like Jesus, we read on Friday, Haggai 2, verse 7, Jesus is the desire of the nations. It doesn't mean every single person will get born again. That's God's desire. That's the will of God. Yet, it's, it's going to be their choice. But the, our job is, in our life, in our purpose, to make God attractive to people. And then we read out of Matthew, the ninth chapter on Friday night, that we said that Jesus said, the harvest, which is, he's talking about people, but also the world, the harvest is plentiful. He didn't say, nobody wants to get born again. 
He didn't say they're not interested. See, the, and, and I, I work a lot with leaders, and sometimes you hear these things, and you know, these interesting, and I, I think they're humanistic things that, that leaders embrace. They're like, nobody wants to stay in you know, a service for like four hours. I beg to differ. The reason I beg to differ is because I've seen historically, and now also historically, not only in the Bible, but I've seen, I've read about certain people who had certain things that people wanted, like healing. So they would stay in these meetings for hours to get what God had for them. I read about a lady called Catherine Coleman. See? <laughs> I talked to people. I, I didn't have the privilege of being in her meetings. But still today, people have told me. I've been around the world, I've been in Toronto, I've been around, I've been here, been there, all the hot spots over the last 23 years. I've never seen anything like I saw in Sister Catherine's meeting. And people would stay, you know how long they'd stay? Five or six hours, and it was a glorious worship service. If you wanna see who carries her anointing, I think right now, probably Michael Koulianos, and then also Benny Hinn, that sort of glory anointing. And the reason that people didn't leave is because God was there. So I don't mean to be funny or mean, but I say, no, maybe they just don't want to be there for three hours for what you're offering. I don't change God and decide something about God he never said about himself. My job is go, let me create environments where people want to be around yeah. there. And so this is our assignment, every person in this room. And a beautiful thing about being in a community, and God calls us to be with each other. He really does. Walking with God is not an individual pursuit. It is always meant to be with other people, other like-minded people. One of the things we also said uh, Friday night is that one of the beautiful things about being in Christ and being part of the body, no one is, no one is the body by themselves. Hey, people, you know, this is like a weird charismatic thing that people tell me. Like, so I say, hey, so where do you, like, where do you connect in your city? Like, oh, brother, the Lord is my shepherd. And I pray every Sunday of where to go. That's wrong. My name is Suarez. Every Sunday, I don't decide if I'm a Suarez. I know what family I belong to. I know where God's called me to connect. And Christ does not take a complete expression except through the corporate people. So in one sense, here's the beautiful thing. You're unique and you are, there's no one who can do what you can do. That's good news. Really good news. You should say amen to that. There's no one who looks as good as you. Really. There's no one who, people might do similar things. You might be an accountant. Somebody may also be an accountant. But no one can be an accountant like you can. Think about that. So in one sense, we are all should, become, should be becoming like each other because we're all supposed to be like Jesus. But in another sense, as we become like Jesus, we represent something unique that I need from your life. And we also said that uh, the book of uh, Genesis is this kind of template which gives us understanding of what is, what all, what is common, what I call com, 
a commonality for all human beings and what all disciples are supposed to be. And here's some of them. I want to, I want to repeat them. Uh, here's the first one. We were all made to know unconditional love and acceptance. That guy set me up pretty good today. See what he said? The guy, the young guy was drawn because he felt loved. We're all made to regularly receive from God. We're all created to live from a place of rest. You imagine the first day you were created and he was created perfect. Absolutely perfect. He was created perfect, but think about this, and this is also relative to your life, and you'll also see why the self-help industry in the world is so popular. Why, what, 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 what does that do? It, people want to change themselves. I don't like the way I look. I'm too heavy. I, you know, you know I, I don't work hard enough. I don't keep my goal. All this stuff. So they take a little element common to all humanity, and they pull it out, and you know what? You can get certain results. Why? Because you were created for transformation. Listen to me, Linda. If your life in Christ is not a constant shift and change and upgrade in how you think, there is something with wrong in the rhythm of, with, with, with how God wants to relate you to you. So you're created for transformation. You're created to receive love. You are created to know unconditional acceptance. The moment you come into the kingdom of God, even before that actually, you're completely accepted by God. What happens is when you surrender to him, you get to unlock the inheritance that he has for you. You're created for a purpose. Purpose is commonality to all people. Everyone in here has a purpose. I, I said, uh, and, I, and I've thought about this many times. The, I think one of the tragedies of life is to be successful at something God never called you to do. I meet people all the time. Especially, you fly a lot. You meet these guys. Like, I, I go, do you like what you do? No, I hate it. I just kind of stuck in it because I make a lot of money. That's American. In the kingdom of God, you were never meant to work for money. You were meant to work from purpose. And out of purpose, the money comes. He illustrates this on the Sermon on the Mount, right? Talks about the bird. He said, look at when he's talking about, you know, your needs and all this other stuff. Uh, You know, and he talks, he goes, look at the birds. They neither soil nor, nor, they never toil nor reap. But what do you say? I take care of all of their needs. So what is a bird? A bird has the purpose of being a bird. Everything that God creates, and here's another life principle. The enemy does not create anything. The enemy's not created anything. It's just all distortions of God's original intent for that. What does a bird do? It's a bird. So his purpose is to be a bird. It knows if, if I function like a bird, I get my needs met. That's why it's really important to discover purpose. So everyone has purpose. Everyone was made for eternity. Everyone was made to be memorable. Everyone was created for discovery. Everyone was created to learn and to have discovery through revelation knowledge. That's a big one. If you are not living by revelation, what's revelation? Revealed truth from God. You are living at a depth. Revelation is so beautiful. It's like you get to see things from a different perspective. You get to see reality from God's way. A number of years ago, I was, I was supposed to, I was going to uh, India and then Nepal, right by this, I think it was fall before COVID. 
And I remember, uh, I was looking at kind of, I know the plane route's pretty good. And so I look at it and I was like, wow, you know, it's a good size ticket. I think to go everywhere I needed to go over those next two weeks or 15 days or whatever it was, it was like $14,000 or something. And, uh, you know, so, you know, you lean into the Lord there. And uh, so I, I looked at all the same routes, looked at, it, looked at it from a little different perspective. You know, you fly a lot. You get to know some rules and tricks and stuff, and you get these certificates. So I called the lady, and we got done, and I think I saved myself about $10,000 to fly business class on every one of those routes. That's what revelation's like. She goes, i never seen anyone who knows all this stuff. I said, well, I got a friend who knows everything. <laughs> That's what revelation's like. You need it. And these are all commonality. And I said the other night, that's why, that's why people are so, even unbelievers, they're hungry to know revelation. When you prophesy over an unbeliever, they go, you know, they don't quite understand fully what that is, but they're like, oh, that's right. Ooh, I feel something. Why? Revelation. It's common to all humanity. And you'll see this in the life of Jesus. And we looked at the life of Jesus, and I want to look now at Luke, the fifth chapter, Luke chapter five, you'll see, and we'll make this statement again, Jesus came, we know that humanity was severed from its source because of, we were, in, we were gonna go to Genesis, but we'll go back there in a minute. Jesus came as the second Adam because the first Adam messed up. I don't know if you realize that one. And because he was given authority in the earth. He was given the earth. The earth was the Lord's. He gave it to man to govern it, to govern it, to be his ambassador of that kingdom. And because Adam and Eve believed a lie, the earth was distorted. But here's the good news. God had a plan. You'll see this consistently in God. Uh, and, and, and if you don't hear anything, uh, anything else today, know this. In your worst moment, like when you, like you knew that wasn't a good idea and you did it anyway, God's right there going, I can help. I'm right there to help. You, you know, you can, you don't, now don't blame anyone else. Just own the moment. And God goes, I'm here to help. I got your back. Cause he, so Jesus comes, he's got to come as a human being. Why? Why do we know that? Because God gave man authority in the earth. He can't come as God. So he's got to come as a human, human being, perfect seed, and he's not coming to show what God could do. He's showing what man could do in right relationship with God. But he's got to die. Uh, yeah. He's got to die because he had to free us from that old man. And Adam was made perfect, but Jesus, excuse me, through Jesus, Jesus actually gave humanity an upgrade. I don't know how you can do that, but when you're beyond genius level like God, you can. Perfect, and then even greater perfect. First man walked with God. Second Adam, God lived in man. But catch is one of the reasons why he wants to live in man. He wants to live in you so he can govern the earth through you. The down payment of the earth becoming like heaven is living on the inside of you so you can govern the earth according to God's perspective. You have a responsibility to the world around you. God is not American. 
It's not an individual pursuit. He actually wants you, and then he wants your life to be his purpose to take the land for him. So now you'll watch. This is how Jesus related to the world. He's, this, he's operating not as God here, but as the son of man in right relationship with God. And you will see he appeals to these common human things to draw these men into the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. So it was as the multitudes pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and he saw two boats standing by the lake. This is Luke 5, verse 1. If you're reading out of your Bible. Did you bring your Bibles today? Hope you brought your Bibles, iPads, iPhones. Read that book. Think of the, the world was changed with half a verse. The just shall live by faith. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out from there washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked them to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and told the multitudes from the boat. I want you to notice, too, that a great crowd of people, and I'm not suggesting that they all followed what he said, but a great crowd of people were interested in what Jesus had to say. They were interested, even though he had not been educated by any of the religious uh, communities of this day. I want to suggest to you that when you are taught of the Lord, when you are taught of the Lord, you will become attractive to the world because you will have something that they would like to hear. And he stopped and he said, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. And Simon answered, master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Now, this is symbolic in a sense as well, because it illustrates things. We said already that, of course, the world is not how God intended it because of Adam. And the world has ever been that way. And we said even Friday night that there's a system in this place. There's a system in this place that God never intended called the Babylonian system. I define the Babylonian system as this, is man's way of trying to make it in this world without God. And part of that system is to constantly put pressure on you. It tries to make you the source of your own strength, particularly in America. I'm going to do this. You know, just work harder. I'm the source. You know, just, just work. I can do it. But what it does, it produces toil. It produces heartache. It is difficult to make it in this world system. And so you see, he's a fisherman, hasn't caught any fish, and he's toiled now. And this is also a picture because we live in this world, we're not of this world, but there's a system that exists that is contrary to God's system. Jesus illustrated, they try to, they try to trick him once. They try to go, hey, we know you're a teacher. They flatter you. You know there can be false flattery? They flatter, like, we know you're from God. You know, they try to give him all the religious stuff. That's a nasty thing. Don't ever tolerate that in your life. You know one way you don't tolerate that? You continually change the way you think because everyone is vulnerable to be religious. Not you, the person behind you, of course. So, they ask him, we know you're from God. Caesar says we need to pay this. He goes, what do you say? You know, taxes, talk about taxes. And he says this statement, render unto Caesar what Caesar and render unto God what's unto God. What's he saying? He said, governments 
And even in this world system, they will render to you things, even as believers, you should be a part of. But render unto God what's unto God. Teaches you how to live in this world. So he keeps on here. But Simon Peter answered, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down a net. And when, they had got, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. When they had come and filled both their boats, they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down, excuse me, at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me from a sinful man, O Lord. For, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And there were also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. You'll see Jesus appealing to every one of these human needs you'll find in, in, in Genesis 1. First of all, they have a problem. They're not looking to find the Messiah. Their, pro, their focus, even though they're Jews, that was the promised hope. But their focus is this. We haven't caught anything all night. We need fish. So part of the way we're supposed to relate to the world when we live in our purpose is we are supposed to have answers answers and solutions to the problems people have. It is your responsibility as a believer to answer the questions people have about the issues of life. I want to suggest to you, it's great to invite someone to a service like this so they can hear about God, but you should also ask before I do that, what is a need and a thing and a question I can answer in their life? It's a need. Fisherman hasn't caught anything all night. They need fish. They're not thinking about who's the Messiah. So he answers the question. What does he do? He operates by revelation. Revelation is essential for your life and revelation is essential for you to operate it to reach people around you. What does Jesus tell him? Low, low. Now catch this. He is demonstrating this is your job. He is demonstrating the difference between a man in God and a man outside of God. A man in God and a man outside of God. He's demonstrating what he illustrates on the Sermon of the Mount. He's letting the light of the gospel, the light of the gospel, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Two different worlds. He's still living on the earth, but he's representing heaven. In heaven, there is always abundance. So he gets this insight, one word of knowledge. Catch also, he's, he, is, he tells them to fish in the very same lake he had caught nothing all night. You're going to experience inflation. You get to choose if it's going to affect the way you live. Throw your nets. He threw a net. I've been there. Not full obedience. Almost causes his whole boat to capsize. The demonstration of God in a routine thing. Fish overflowing. His friends get some of that overflow. What's he also illustrating? Part of God. And, and notice, notice, Linda, who is dictating what happens to the world around him? 
It is Jesus' partnership with the Father that is having dominion over that lake.